Paul was a missionary and teacher in the early church. He traveled all over sharing the good news about Jesus and teaching believers. When Paul couldn't meet with believers face to face, he wrote letters. Paul wrote a letter to the believers in Rome about how they should live differently than people who do not trust in Jesus. Paul said that God calls believers to be friends with one another and to show love to everyone. Paul reminded the believers that God is merciful. He shows us love even though we are sinners and do not deserve his love. Paul said, so live in a way that pleases God. Do not let the unbelievers around you change how you think. Let God change how you think. The Holy Spirit lives inside you. He shows you the right way to live and you will know God's good plan for you. Do not think you are better or worse than you really are. Not every believer is the same. God gives faith to all believers and not everyone has the same amount of faith. God gives each believer different gifts. Some people have the gift of prophecy or the gift of teaching. Some have the gift of serving or encouraging or giving or leading or showing mercy. Believers must work together, like different parts of a body working together. We are all one body in Jesus. Our job is to love one another like a family. We rejoice in hope, choose patience during hard times, and do not stop praying. Paul wrote, if someone is happy, we are happy with him. If he is sad, we are sad with him. Get along with one another as much as possible. Later, Paul was in prison in Rome. He wrote a letter to Christians in Philippi. Paul was happy because God was working in their lives. The Christians helped Paul by sending him money and praying for him. Paul thanked God for the believers. He knew that God was changing them to be more like Jesus. God wants us to show friendship and love to one another. As believers, we all belong to Jesus. His death and resurrection brings us together. The Holy Spirit changes the way we think and live so we can love one another as God has loved us. All right. So can I please have all the kindergarten through fifth grade uh, kiddos come up here and you're going to sit on the stage? My friend uh, Kate Gilbert's going to teach y'all. You ready? Come on up. K through, K through fifth and Wallabies, Team Wallabies, please come up. That's I think Kate had doing with that name. <laughs> Team Wallabies, come on up. All right. Hey, guys. How are y'all? Y'all doing good? Y'all look great. Y'all look a lot better than Bruce does, so, <laughs> so that's a start. Uh, in the video, it talked about Paul, right? He was talking to the Romans, writing letters to the Romans, saying, hey, let's love others, right? You know, we're like, cool. I hear that like 10 times a day by my parents to tell me love others. I'm like, awesome. Let's go show some love. But he says, love everybody, your enemies, your friends, your siblings when they just hit you with a dodgeball, uh, and your parents when they're like, hey, clean your room. And you're like, man, I don't want to. He also talks about the body of Christ, how each person has specific strengths and weaknesses to come together and do a certain task for the glory of God, right? So God has this ultimate plan in mind to make disciples, 
and share the love of Christ with everybody. And he needs each one of you with your certain personality and strengths and weaknesses to do that. So we're going to do a little representation. <clears throat> if I could ask my loving sister to come up here. We're going to just put this little blindfold on her real quick. Oh. All right, cool. So, speaking of the body of Christ, the eyes are a vital role in the body, right? So if I was to say, hey, Corin, catch this ball, it'd probably be a little hard, right? So I'm just going to throw it on three. All right, one. Okay. I got it. You're not really that good at this, so we'll, we'll do something a little bit easier. All right, now I need to put your hands behind your back. There we go. All right. <laughs> Here you go, Quinn. Now you have your eyes, so. <laughs> now you can take the thing off. Oh, wait, you don't have your hands. And then with every part of the body working, hopefully she can still catch it. So give her a round of applause. So the body of Christ is made up of believers that trust in the Lord and all believe that He has a purpose for their life, right? And so we're called not only to love the people in the body and respect them for their personal strengths and weaknesses, but also even more so love the people that are not believers and show them, show them the thing that they are missing out on, the thing that uh, has changed your life and can affect their life, which is Jesus Christ. <clears throat> uh, Jesus did the ultimate act of love, and that was dying on the cross for each one of you. And uh, because he did that, is a perfect representation of how we should love others, and how um, putting others before ourselves will uh, portray the love of God through your life. And so as you uh, go back to your parents' Uh, why don't you try and change your week by loving um, other people the way that God loved us. So if you could pray with me. <clears throat> Dear Lord, thank you for this day. I just thank you for the opportunity to be here and uh, just as a community and church body uh, to love others. Lord, I pray that um, the kids will just go uh, throughout their week uh, changed um, with a different point of view in mind, a different uh, purpose throughout their lives that their parents will also do the same. Thank you again for this opportunity, and uh, just be with us through the, le through the rest of the uh, time. See you I pray. Amen. Kids, y'all can go back to y'all's. Nice cornrows, Cade. It's for baseball. They're going to go win state. That's what we're hoping. Pretty sweet. So I get the privilege to work with these, uh, these high school students. My wife. Um, and Holly Boo, my wife and I, Stephanie Shubiaka, um, and then Holly Boo, Tom, Katie, and I have the privilege to work with our high school students as they lead our children's ministries. So we're just the coaches, and they're the players on the field. And our hope is to equip them for the work of the ministry. There is a, a, a guy in youth ministry. He's considered the Yoda of youth ministry, right? Only in youth ministry would you get that term. His name is Doug Fields. He's the Yoda of youth ministry, and he says this, Students are not the future of the church. They're not the future of the church. They are the church. So I just love that perspective. When we try, uh, we believe that, we, we try to live that out 
So our students, our high school students, have opportunities with these children. They have opportunities to lead games, to lead worship, to lead in technology, to lead in teaching. So once a week, we always have a different student up here teaching. It's downstairs, happens in the basement. That's where they keep me locked up, in the basement. So that's, if you don't know me, that's why. I, I love it. I love being down there with them. Um, and they also have opportunities to lead in small groups. And so they just have opportunity to do ministry with your kiddos. And it's sweet. It is absolutely sweet. Um, we have monthly meetings with our high school students that are in the leadership program too. And at these monthly meetings, we get to kind of do some training for them. We try to equip them for their work in the ministry. So we'll have gospel training time. We'll teach them how to share the gospel. We'll teach them how to share their testimony. We'll teach them how to lead a small group or to be better at it. You know, we're always looking to grow in these areas. We also do a weekly debrief. So the students are on a month, and then off to you, and then on a month for the children's ministry part of it. And during these weekly debriefs, when they're on, they'll, they'll do their duty. I assign everyone a role, a job. You're leading small group. You're teaching. You're leading worship. Um, afterward, we come together, and we debrief in room five, and we talk about two things. We talk about what went well and what would you change. We're always looking to grow in the area of, of ministry and grow those skills. And so, um, and we're now wrapping up our third year in the student leadership program. This is our third year we're wrapping up, and it's been an awesome privilege. And in my opinion, I think one of the highlights of our youth ministry, um, students are learning to make disciples. Our high school students are learning to make disciples. They're learning and growing in leadership skills. They're challenged to get out of their comfort zones, right, to trust God. It's scary getting up here. I'm scared. I'm shaking right now. And Kay got to do that in front of, front of y'all. Students are growing in community together because they're serving together. It's, not, it's often after, after uh, everyone goes home, our students are still hanging out together. Our, our high school students are still hanging out together in this hallway just talking, chatting. Um, and it's pretty sweet to see. And I think it's because of this, so partly because of this leadership program that we've uh, been involved with for the past few years. And now, also, your kiddos are being discipled. That's pretty sweet. I love that my daughter would come running up into Cade's arms. My daughter, Tessa, she loves Cade. She came running to Cade's arms just last week. Pretty sweet. Your kiddos are known and loved by our students. That's sweet. Your kiddos have a great example set before them. Great example set before them. And all for the praise of his glory. All for the praise of his glory. And if you have a high schooler or are a high schooler next year, we would invite you to be part of this student leadership team. We're going to keep this thing rolling. And it is a pretty sweet opportunity for you to grow in your faith, to trust God, to step out of your comfort zone, and to lead these children uh, on a Sunday morning. Um, and also, the video saw was part of our Gospel Project curriculum. So these students are given the tool of the Gospel Project, which we've been doing also for a number of years now. And the Gospel Project really just kind of walks us through the Bible. From Genesis to Revelation, we get to see the Gospel lived out over and over and over again. And it is awesome curriculum. It's really good stuff. And our students get to teach it and lead it. And as they're teaching it and leading it, they're learning it. They're seeing the Gospel in the Old Testament. 
They're seeing all the Christ connections. We make a big point of the Christ connection in all these gospel stories. So I'm excited for that. Um, and so we invite you, if you're a high schooler, come join us next year. So I'll give it over to Todd. Thank you. One of the things that we intended to do this morning is to give you a snapshot of things that happen every week in the life of this church that many of us never see. Like Bruce said, we keep him locked in the basement. And so the Gospel Project is a curriculum that we implemented a few years ago. And most of you don't get a chance to see how that's played out and lived out. And so we wanted to give you a firsthand look at what happens every week as our students invest in the lives of our kids using a curriculum that points to Jesus Christ. And so it's important for us, for you to know what's happening in the life of this church. Uh, this morning we have the privilege of really highlighting the multiple generations that are a part of this body. And we are deeply grateful and blessed by that fact. Um, one of the things that we did this morning purposefully is we began with baby dedications. Now we're about to uh, identify and encourage and pray for our graduating seniors. And I want you to know that most of these graduating seniors were dedicated as a baby right here at Melanie Park Church. So they are a living example of raising up the next generation of Christian disciples. Uh, these are folks that are are the outcome of your investments. And there are multiple families who have invested in the lives of these students. And so if you are a graduating senior in alphabetical order from left to right, we're going to test to see if you really can graduate from high school, all right? <laughs> from left to right, by your last name, would you line up right here for me, please? Please come up with, uh, if your parents are here, or if you have a friend with you, have them come up also. Why don't y'all... This is the biggest crop of seniors we've had in a lot of years, and uh, it's so fun. So just, to, just real quickly, seniors, raise your hand if you grew up in this church since you were a baby. Look at that. Isn't that amazing? So in some ways, this is symbolic. Because these students are fixing to, <laughs> why am I doing this? I've got a son up here. <laughs> what was I thinking? But these students are about to embark on life on their own. They're going to make their faith their own. They're going to make new friends. They could find, uh, encounter their spouse, Lord willing, and have a family someday. And, and so there's, this is a big stage of life for them. that They are about to transition from one season into the next. And we... You know, having known each and every one of these folks, um, I can attest to the fact that the Lord is very evident in their lives. Their faith is sincere, and our uh, world will be impacted by their life, by their testimony, by their convictions. And so I'm grateful to every single one of them. So this is goofy, but I need you all to come in because I need you to be real close, and I'm going to pray, and I want to be able to get my hands around you. So... Come in real, real close. Yeah, Graham. You, you, come on in. Come in. Yeah. Come in. Come in. All right. So let me pray. Lord, I am so, so grateful for each and every one of these young men and young women. What a powerful testimony of raising up the next generation 
of Christian disciples. Lord, thank you for this church and for all the many lives that were a part of these stories. Each of them could get up and talk about the impact that multiple people in multiple generations had on them and who they've become as young men and young women. So, Lord, as they are out uh, on their own and uh, beginning a new life um, apart from their families, we pray that their faith is strengthened, that they have friends that uh, deepen those convictions, that they are committed to seeing your hand at work in their lives, in this world, in ways that bring you glory and honor. Lord, we are so grateful for the way that you have spoken life into their hearts and the hope that they have through faith and trust in you. Father, be with them. Go before them. And may they see your hand at work each day. We pray this in your name. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Good catch. (laughs) Yeah. So I've asked Jared Sanders, who's one of the folks who uh, grew up in this church since he was dedicated as a baby, and he just wants to share a little bit of his own personal testimony of what that was like having grown up here at Mountie Park Church. So take it away, Jared. All right. Cool. Is this, yeah, okay. Okay. So as you all know, I was born and raised in this church, and I was incredibly blessed. I have one of the most amazing families in the world. Sorry for everybody else out there. Mine's better. Just putting that out there. So I have two amazing parents that love each other and love me. And I have two or four older brothers that I got to. Yeah, just just two older brothers. Um, I had four older brothers that I had the privilege of growing up with. And all of them have always supported me and always been there for me. And all of them have always been just amazing role models for me. All the way growing up, um, I only wanted to be like my brothers because I saw what they did all the time. And I wanted to be exactly like them. And so a lot of my characteristics that I get, they come straight from them. And so a lot of stuff that I do, I get from them. And so, I mean, I have so much to say about them. They're amazing. Um, So as I got older, I was adopted into the youth group. As you may know, uh, we have a very special way of bringing new incoming sixth graders into the youth group. Uh, We kidnap them. (coughs) So what that looks like is we drive around a white van and come to a stop and go inside of a house and, you know, do whatever is necessary to burrito a kid or whatever the, whatever the case may be and throw them inside of a van. And then we carry them off and have an all-you-can-eat meal with them. So it's kind of fun to do that. And what I distinctly remember from that day is I woke up to the sound of Taylor McAlpine's voice, you know, just like shouting at me to, uh, to wake up because they were kidnapping me. And I was like, what is going on? So it's, that was my first youth, youth group experience, and it only got better from there. From that moment, I felt extremely just like welcomed into the youth group, and I got to meet so many new people and just got to grow with other people, and they've always just been there for me and always been so welcoming and uplifting to me. Um, some of those people are like Bruce Shubiaka. Um, he's just been a huge influence on me. I wouldn't be up here speaking without him because he has always pushed me to share my testimony in different places, and now he asked me to do it here, and I would not be up here without him. And I would not be speaking in front of people, especially the big church here, without him pushing me to do something like that. So um, other people, I've also been extremely blessed. Um, Two of my brothers, Alex and Chris, uh, are both 
a part of the youth group as uh, youth leaders. So extremely blessed in that sense. <coughs> um, so about my sophomore year, we started the children's ministry, as we kind of talked about a little bit. And that was just amazing. I mean, Bruce says that, you know, we have a huge impact on your kids, but it's bigger than that. They have a huge impact on us, too. Like, just being able to teach all those young kids, you know, just the different lessons that we go through, getting to play the fun games with them, and getting to just do a bunch of crazy stuff with them. It's so much fun. And it really speaks to the fact that you learn more teaching than you do from being taught. So I've learned so much from all these young kids, and I mean, I love each and every one of them. Um, so I went to Glorietta a couple of years ago, and I got to meet this amazing guy named Zach Sims, and got to grow with him, and he became my best friend. And he's, him and Chase have just been those two people in youth group that have always supported me consistently. And if there's anything that's going on, I always go to them. I have gone to them, and I will probably continue to do that in the future. And so just through that, they've been huge supports in my life. Um, Jan and Jean, oh my gosh, where do I start with these two? They are like all other grandparents, right? They spoil you like crazy to the point that your parents can't take anymore because they've given you so much sugar, right? But they love you unconditionally. They love you so much. And they've always supported me, and I love you all so much for that. Thank you. Man, I could keep talking and talking about this. There, there's so many people in this church that have had huge impacts on my life. Each and every one of y'all, all these faces that I see out here, you've made huge impacts on me. But sadly, I can't talk for, you know, a couple of years, so I have to cut a little bit short. Um, <clears throat> so I'm going to close with this. Um, whenever I was about 10 or 11 months old, I was also dedicated at the church, just like we did today. And at that point, one of the things that comes with the dedication is the family of the baby that they're dedicated, or that they're dedicating they commit to love and cherish that child and raise them up in the church. And the church body does the same thing for that child. Y'all make a promise to commit to that child. And y'all have done that for me. Y'all have always been there for me. Y'all have always supported me. Y'all have done it in the past. Y'all are doing it now. And I know y'all will continue to do it in the future. So I thank y'all so much for that. This church is my testimony. Well, you really don't need to hear from me, do you? So I'm not going to take much time. Uh, but what I do want to share is important because what you've seen, what you've heard, is not by accident. There must be a very intentional effort made by believers in Jesus Christ to carry out the mission of God that has been given to us in glory and honor to Him. If you look all throughout the testimony of Scripture, when you see these transitions of one generation to the next, they are very, very intentional. They're very intentional about making sure that, that that baton is being passed, so to speak, so that that faith can be carried on from one generation to the next. Let me just give you three quick examples. I'll go back to the Old Testament first and share with you when Moses is passing the baton to Joshua. And he says in Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 7, Then Moses called Joshua and said to him, In the sight of all Israel, Be strong and courageous, for you shall go with this people into the land which the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall give it to them as an inheritance. And the Lord is the one who goes ahead of you. He will be with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. Do not fear and do not be dismayed. 
I think you can see in these words a very intentional connection from one generation to the next to carry on the faith that has preceded them. If you go into the New Testament, the words of Jesus when he was speaking to his disciples, he says, and Jesus came up to them and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, a couple of things that I want you to recognize here. Again, a very purposeful transition. Jesus was saying, when I leave, we're not done. In fact, we're just beginning. And just like Moses encouraged Joshua, Jesus tells his disciples, lo, I am with you always. The only way that the impact is made in a new generation is because of the presence of God in the lives of his people. If you look at 2 Timothy, Paul writing to Timothy says, I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. When Paul passed the baton to Timothy, he was intentional about the words of life found in Scripture. And he says, look, when you speak, you speak the words that have been spoken to our forefathers, the words that have been inspired by the Holy Spirit, the words in which we find life. And those are the words that you share from one generation to the next. I hope you see that there is a very intentional effort made by God's people throughout the history of humanity to ensure that the message of the gospel is passed from one generation to the next. And as a church of Jesus Christ, we have to be just as intentional as what we see all throughout the words of Scripture. Now, one of the things that I think we often think about was how cool it might be to have lived during the time of Christ, right? How cool would it be to to have seen him perform miracles and to hear what he was teaching when he was giving the Sermon on the Mount? How awesome would it be to be there in the presence of Jesus and to see him do miraculous things in the lives of people? Well, look around you. Look at the people and think about what you saw this morning. Because what you saw and the words you heard are the evidence of God's presence among his people. The presence of Christ, the words of life, still exist today just as much as they did when they left our Savior's mouth when he was here in flesh and blood. And so I want to encourage you to make sure that we continue to be intentional as we share the gospel from one generation to the next. And What a blessing that we heard in testimony and in song and in leadership. And this is what we want to promote and encourage in the life of this church. So I'm really thankful for each and every one of you for what you've done because you are the church. Your testimony is our testimony. And so may we be faithful to take that and share it faithfully from one generation to the next. Let me pray. Lord, what a celebration this has been. A celebration of the evidence of your hand at work among the people of this earth. Just as miraculous as what happened 
when you laid hands on those who were sick. Just as miraculous when you made the blind to see. Just as miraculous as when you called Lazarus from death to life. The miracle of redemption that happens in the lives of those who put their faith and trust in you is just as powerful as every one of those things. And it is just as evident today as it was back then. May we be convinced in our heart that the love of Christ, the power of his word, and the evidence of his truth is alive and well today. And so, Father, as a church, may we be recommitted, in many ways, be motivated to greater works of faithfulness as we strive together to raise up the next generation of Christian disciples. Thank you so much for the evidence and the testimony of how that has been lived out in so many lives this morning. We give you the praise and glory and honor. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Thank you and have a great day.